brought to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network, a brighter future for all. College Bar and Grill. Check out our new location, 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning tequila since 2011. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Voted Best of Las Vegas two years in a row. Behind the Mask. Serving the Valley Hockey community since 1994. OxyPow. Our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive. For energy, stamina, recovery, Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. I am on board. We are uh, roaming the country today as our executive producer is up in Minnesota uh, doing some babysitting duty. And you and I are down here in the beautiful state of Arizona with uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Another exciting addition because we got a, a great guest coming on with us tonight. We've got Lindsay Fry, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about the uh, professional women's uh, players, professional women's hockey players association, and the Dream Gap Tour coming up at Oceanside Ice Arena. But Seth, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are yourself? Uh, doing real well. Well, let's let's get started by just talking about the uh, the Pacific Division. It, it hasn't gotten a whole lot more spread out. It's still. Uh, Five teams within about six points of each other. You have the uh, Arizona Coyotes beat for us. I know you've seen uh, some of the results that have happened, but give me your thoughts on the Coyotes standings right now as we look at the record. 67 games played, 32, 27, and 8 um, for a total of 72 points. Your uh, your thoughts? I think they're going to need 40 wins to get in. I think they're going to have to win eight of their next 15 games, which – that's uh, again, that's a little less than or a little just a tad over 500 hockey, which I think this team is capable of. But I, I don't know what team you get every night, right? Like, exactly. They, they come out and they beat the they beat the Lightning two weeks ago, like in, in dominant fashion, like had control of the game. Um, there was about a five second or if I say about a five to ten minute window where Tampa Bay had control. The Coyotes seized it right back and, and kind of closed it out. And then they go on the road and are absolutely embarrassed. Um, and then they come back home and, you know, they lose to Florida. And, um, you know, and then they played Buffalo. And then, you know, they, they look like world beaters against Buffalo. So I just don't <laughs> – I just don't know. I don't know what team it is. And, again, I think this is a team that – Obviously, this is why the game isn't played on paper. But when you look on paper, you take a look at the teams that are fighting for that spot. The, the last two spots, right? You got, um, at the moment at least, I think Vegas has got a pretty good stranglehold. Uh, Edmonton's looked good. I think they're going to lock themselves into a top three spot here pretty quick. But again, you never know. But when you look at it right now, Vancouver, Nashville, Winnipeg, Arizona, Minnesota. Those are the five teams battling for the last two. On paper, it should be Nashville and Arizona. Those are the two teams that have that have the best put together rosters. Um, you can make an argument for Vancouver, but without Jacob Markstrom, I just don't know. I, right. I mean, that's like if you know, like when the Coyotes lost both Ranta and um, and and Kemper. Like you're just like, okay, well, what, what is it going to be? And I think, um, you know, with Vancouver, I'm just not sure. It depends on the goaltending. I think when they get their goaltending back, that changes a little bit. But, I, again, the, the diagnosis is we'll evaluate Markstrom in two weeks. Like, it's – what does that mean, right? Like, I, again, I, I enjoy kind of listening to, to, to some different to some different uh, kind of viewpoints on the NHL. And one that I really like to listen to is Hockey Central on Sportsnet. They um, aired in Toronto on uh, Sportsnet 590, but they do put the podcasts, um, you know, the episode on the um, – put it on like Google podcasts and things like that. And I was listening to the show last week and, you know, one of the, one of the hosts mentioned, yeah, what is, what does reevaluate in two weeks mean? Does that mean he's going to be good in two weeks or does that mean like he's going to need surgery in two weeks? Right. Like, so you just don't know. Um, but this is the time for the Coyotes to strike. Uh, the Coyotes have two matchups against Vancouver, uh, presumably before he gets, he being Markstrom gets back. They get Vancouver on Wednesday, then they get right. it next Thursday. So they got Vancouver twice 
uh, in an eight-day span. And that's that's the four-game span that's going to that's going to decide the season. That's that is the season right there. So, uh, and, and you're talking about Wednesday night in Vancouver, Friday night in Calgary, Monday uh, evening in Winnipeg, and then back here to Gila River Arena on Thursday night against those Canucks again. So you're absolutely correct, Seth. Those are uh, those are eight huge points for the uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, and with how bad the schedule was to them in the early part of the season, uh, they don't play a back-to-back until the end of March. Right. And, again, you and you and I are not professional athletes. We never have been. But there's no excuses for this team now. There are no excuses. You've got a very favorable schedule. You're going on a, a four-game homestand – or a five-game homestand, excuse me, once you come back from Western Canada. Um, you've played a ton of your games at home. You're going to finish the season at home. Um, there's no excuses right now. And this is where you see the Coyotes are, are have to have to play. I'll feel a little bit more comfortable. We talked about this last week. I'll feel a little bit more comfortable on Wednesday morning on once Nashville catches up in games. Nashville plays tonight. Right now they're playing against Edmonton, and then they play tomorrow. Um, it's currently 3-3 at the end of two. But the tough part is, so Nashville plays Edmonton, which if you're the Coyotes, okay, you want to catch Edmonton, but maybe you'd rather have Nashville lose. Then the worst part is Nashville plays Minnesota tomorrow. Somebody's got to get the two points. And uh, you, all you got to do is you just hope that the game doesn't go into overtime. That's, that's what you're playing. You're just hoping somebody wins in regulation. Just take care of it there. Don't worry about it. So Coyotes are in a weird spot right now. But I, I think they're going to be okay come Wednesday. But they – yeah, must win. You know, not a lot of people like throwing that around. Wednesday's a must win. You have to. You have that, – that's a four-point game. Yep. Uh, they talked about that on the broadcast. Tyson Nash talked about it. These next four games, they're four-point games. Those are four-point games. And if you hand away four-point games, you're putting yourself in a really bad spot. And this is where we saw the Coyotes kind of break down last year. They um, had – again, they went out to the East Coast, which historically they hasn't been too kind to them. Uh but we saw them go on an important road trip in March and the wheels fell off the bus and the wheels cannot fall off the bus this time. Well, and absolutely. And, and when we were talking last Monday, Seth, on the program uh, about the discrepancy between the teams playing and the games played situation, that's kind of evened itself out right now. As you look, Coyotes have played 67, the Flames have 67, the Golden Knights 67. And the Oilers and Canucks both have 65, but the Oilers are playing tonight, correct? So uh, that's going to yes. even that up a and, little bit. I'm sorry? And the Oilers play tomorrow as well. The Oilers play tomorrow, so, so they'll be at 67 Wednesday morning. Absolutely. So we have that going for us. We look at the standings right now. The Golden Knights, who went on an 8-2-0 run, uh, lost last night in a surprising game. I guess they ran into a hot goaltender in the LA Kings, but but um, previously they had been eight one and zero coming into this streak. So a ten game streak of eight and two has vaulted them up to eighty points and on top of the Pacific Division. The Oilers right behind them at seventy six, the Flames at seventy five, the Canucks at seventy four, and the Coyotes at seventy two. So you're talking four point games. Um, you know, you can climb that ladder pretty quickly. That's only, by my count anyway, what, eight points out? So uh, you can uh, you can climb that ladder pretty quickly if you string together a four- or five- or six-game win streak, right? Exactly. But the problem is, is you can get kicked down that ladder pretty easily, too. I mean... <laughs> don't go that way, Seth. That, we don't want to hear about that. <laughs> oh, I, I know, I know. But, I mean... Okay, so... But you're correct. Road, you are correct. And, Right, and I think the most, the two most important games in this next four game stretch are against the Canucks. You got to win those two. You you got to kick a team when they're down, right? Like I think a lot of teams last year kicked the Coyotes when they were down, just because the Coyotes were injured a lot. And you can't. You got to do the same thing. You got to kick them when they're down. And you know, again, all those guys in the NHL have a lot of respect for each other. They understand how hard it is to get in the NHL. But what I mean by that is, you got to go in there and you just got to take care of them. Just put the puck in the back of the net, str- you know, strangle any hopes away. Vancouver, as much talent as they have, they're a very young team. There's a lot of guys who haven't been 
in this situation, uh, you know, obviously Alex Edler was on that Stanley Cup final team uh, nine years ago. And, uh, but really outside, you know, the Sedins aren't there anymore. They don't have those guys that have that experience of closing out a season. And kind of what well, the were last year. Right. Where they didn't and have you, those guys that didn't close out a season. That's where Vancouver is this season. And we talked last week uh, at the trade deadline about how important it was for goaltending. And I think we both agree that the Golden Knights and the uh, the Arizona Coyotes have the luxury of having two starting goaltenders on their roster when they're all healthy. So as we look at the Golden Knights uh, coming into this one, as I said, they, they just went 8-2-0 and in a 10-game stretch, uh, winning a bunch of games at home. And, and that's not going to really change much for them uh, down the stretch. I mean, they uh, – they seem to play pretty well, both on the road and at home. And kind of earlier in the year, they struggled at home. But when you got great goaltending, you can steal some games, like we saw the LA Kings do to them last night. Exactly. But here's my thing: is it, you and I talked about that. We and we talked about it last week, right? Like Mark Andre Fleury is getting a little bit older. Um, I don't see any chance of this happening. But do you think you, you know you're locked in on Vegas more than I am? Do you think that there is a possibility that with the trade for Robin Leonard, that Leonard takes over? I think he does. I just don't think he takes over right away. I think uh, Mark Andre will probably be the starting goaltender uh, for the foreseeable future, maybe this year, next year. But I think they're definitely going to sign a Leonard long-term if there's any way they can do that. Keep him around because that gives you a great one-two punch as we know you need in the NHL, right? I mean, we've seen it firsthand with the Coyotes, and the Golden Knights have had it too. They, they had Malcolm Subban, who wasn't bad, but he just wasn't outstanding. And and Robin Leonard already has played one game and played really, really well in that one. Uh, so, you know what? The Golden Knights have the Devils tomorrow night. Then they go on the road for a little Western uh, Canada trip. They're going to go to the Jets. They're going to go to the Flames, and they're going to go to the Islers, Island, or, uh, Oilers. So they're going to take the backwards route that the Coyotes are taking across Western Canada, which is four-point games for them as well. So, you know, let, let's play this scenario out. Let's say that the Coyotes can go out and go 3-1 and one in this four-game stretch. And if the Golden Knights also go 3-1, and one, that's going to saddle some teams like Calgary and Edmonton and the Jets with losses, right? So it's a four-point game both ways for both teams. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you, you know, you, you almost knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, can you help us out a little bit, right? Like, yeah. they, they just put themselves in a good spot where, you know, they've, I would, you know, they haven't clinched their playoffs well yet. But like we talked about, a six-game win streak in this division is almost a guarantee, right? Like, you've put six points in a division where it's been hard to get points outside of playing each other. They've put a pretty good distance for now, for now between them and, and the other teams. So that's, you know, the Coyotes go next door and just kind of say, hey, uh, any way you can help us out a little bit and and they might get it. I, I, again, I think the Coyotes are, are fine. If you ask me, after that loss to Florida, I would have been very nervous about how what they would need to get done over the last 15 games. But they got a ton of help, not only on that, the night that they lost. Like, if they had beat Florida, they would have done themselves a massive favor. They got a ton of help. The Oilers lost, um, the Wild lost, the Predators. Like, there were a lot of teams in front of them that Jets lost, a lot of teams in front of them that lost. And they would have done themselves a huge favor by beating Florida. But, again, and then not only that, but then they got a ton of help over the weekend. I mean, Minnesota loses last, you know, yesterday. Nashville loses over the weekend. Like, they're getting a lot of help right now. So now this is the time. You take advantage of teams that, are kind of on the downswing. You take advantage. And the Coyotes right now, I mean, for, for how tough it's been for them over the last two or three months, they're 5-4-1 and one in their last 10. And you do that, you go 5-4-1, and one, you get 12 points in your next 10 games. That's pretty good. Or, I'm sorry, 11 points in your next 10 games. If they can repeat that 5-4-1 and one stretch and they get to with five games left, you're going to put yourself in a really good spot. I mean, you think of it, right? Like, if you go, I mean, last year Colorado makes the playoffs. They didn't get ninety points. So you, you and I, I think again, you might not need ninety points to get into the playoffs. But if you go out and you get 
you know, the next 11 points, you're at 83 points with five game with 10 points up to up for grabs. And I mean, if you sit at 83 points with 10 more up for grab and you get half of those, you're at 87, you're probably. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with you. Uh, on the Golden Knights side of things, they're, they're going to split their remaining games in the season between the road and home. Uh, as I mentioned, they go on that Western uh, Canada road trip. Then they, they go off and play the Minnesota Wild and the Avalanche. Then they come home for the Stars. And then the game that I think we're both waiting for will be the second game of a back-to-back for the Golden Knights as they play the Stars at home and then come face the Coyotes on the 18th of March. Uh, two more matchups, that one, and then one more coming down the stretch on the 25th, uh, just seven days later in Vegas. But those are going to be two pretty big games for uh, our teams here in the desert southwest. Yeah, they are. And I think it's one of those things where um, you have to you have to be able to – got to get those points, right? Like – is, is the division out of reach right now? No. But um, I think if you can get yourself back into that race, like if you go three and one in these next four games, all of a sudden with the, you know, the Vegas injury with Mark Stone, tough. Um, I think if you go three and one, all of a sudden you might be knocking right on the Golden Knights door and, those are huge games. Those are really big games. Yeah, it's going to be exciting down the stretch. I, I predicted uh, early in, the, well, before the season started, last summer, actually last April when the season ended for for the Coyotes, I said, I believe this season that we're in right now is going to, the West is going to have to go through Vegas and, and Glendale to, uh, to get to a champion. I still believe that. I still believe the Coyotes are going to challenge the Golden Knights for first place. I don't think. Edmonton's got enough to hang in there in the top spot. I think they're going to finish third. And I, I know I'm probably uh, against all odds here, but I don't know if the if Calgary is going to have enough to stay in the top three in the Pacific. I think they're going to pick up the wild card. That's just my gut feeling. But, you know, goaltending wins it uh, in a playoff push and in the playoffs. So if you got a tandem like Vegas has and you got a tandem like the Coyotes have and they both stay healthy, I think down the stretch, that's going to play itself out. Yeah, and remarkably for how tough it's been for the Coyotes, they're still third in the Western Conference in goals against. Not not goals against average, but total goals against. And they've played – they've tied for the most games played in the Western Conference. Vegas and Calgary have also played 67, so uh, as well as Winnipeg. So you've played the most games in your conference, and really the entire league, 67 is a max right now. You've played the most goals or the most games in the entire league, and you've only allowed the third third fewest in your conference. And I think a bigger thing here, goal differential, right? Like you said, goaltending can carry you. Calgary right now, minus five. Vancouver a plus ten. Nashville is even. Winnipeg, Winnipeg a plus three. The Coyotes, they've only scored 187 goals this year, have struggled a little bit to score again. They're still a plus nine. That's big. Being plus nine at this time of the year, you feel like you've played well enough to be in a playoff spot. And again, technically they are, right? Like Nashville 72, Winnipeg 72, Arizona 72. Nashville's played three less games, but that'll be cut up. Like I said, once you come Wednesday morning, I think I'm going to have a better feeling on where they're at and, and what exactly they're going to need to do. Okay, totally agree. I want to ask you a couple of questions since you're our guy with the Arizona Coyotes. Barrett Hayden has gotten some extended playing time recently. Um, your thoughts just on the improvement from Barrett Hayton, especially after the confidence that had to be to win that uh, World Junior Tournament for Team Canada. Your thoughts on the play of Hayton? He's been good. And I I like that they're playing him because this is a guy that you want to be your franchise center at some point. You're going to want him to be a franchise player. And what do franchise players do? They play and they come through in big pressure moments. And that's exactly what he's going to have to do. He had an assist in his first game back uh, since since the World Junior, since the injury. Um, I really like that line they have him playing on with Garland and Kessel. You've got a, a guy on his left who leads the team in goals. 
um, is speedy, gets to the dirty areas, and you have a guy on his right who really was one of the most dominant and probably still could be one of the most dominant goal scorers um, in the NHL in this last 15 years. So you're, you're putting him in a good spot, right? And I think at times with a guy like Dylan Strom, the Coyotes didn't, didn't do that. They didn't put him in a good situation. And I think part of that is the Coyotes just didn't have those guys to do that, right? Like they just didn't have the talent to put around Strom right away. But I think they're doing a really good job right now with Barrett Hayton. They're putting him out there, and they're not just throwing him on the fourth line. They're giving him quality guys to play with, and he's really showcasing his talent. Absolutely. And then uh, we'll just touch a little bit on the Golden Knights. What they've done, we, we all know what they did at the trade deadline. It wasn't just Robin Leonard. It was also uh, picking up Alec Martinez, who I think was a huge, huge pickup. And he's going to pay dividends down the road as well because he really stabilized that defensive core. And I watched a lot of the last night's game, and you know they have Alex Martinez playing with Shea Theodore, and it's really stepped up Shea's game. So the defensive effort from the Golden Knights has gotten much better. Um, that that's an area that I thought they were really hurting, and maybe is what cost uh, Gerard Gallant his job ultimately is the fact that they were not playing very good defensively. They've still given up their share of goals, but they've gotten a few shutouts coming down the stretch. Uh, so they, uh, they're playing better defensively. They got two great goaltenders. And we know one thing with Vegas is the offense is never going to let you down. They're going to be there putting the puck in the net. It's a matter of whether they can shut down the other, the other opponent. So uh, I think Vegas is in a good position. Uh, Mark Stone injury was, was one that uh, really hurt, but Nick Waugh has come in and done a really good job and, a lot of their guys are starting to, you know, keep in mind they haven't played their youngster in Cody Glass very much either who's been out with an injury and still out. So it's uh, it's been a bit of a challenge for Vegas as well, but it's going to be in a really exciting, you know, what are we talking here, about a full month now until the end of the season. I think Golden Knights end on the 4th, so um, 4th of April, that is. So you got a full month of hockey. It's going to be fun and exciting, and that's what we want this time of year, right? Yeah, and, and that's what you want to be playing. Like, it, they always t- coaches always talk about it, right? Like, especially for those teams trying to trying to get those playoff spots. You start the pl- you start the playoffs a month or you start them in March. And for Vegas, it looked like they were on a roll, and uh, they still kind of are. But all of a sudden, a lot of adversity is thrown right at them. Right, you're on a roll, bam! You're leading point getter, you're leading goal scorer out for, you know, it's not two games. It's it's a little bit. So, um, yeah, it was, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's one of those things where there's a lot of adversity right now for Vegas. How are they going to respond? I think they're going to respond fine. They've had a lot of adversity over the last two seasons, but, uh, this you'll really see in, in kind of what, what Vegas has in them right now. Absolutely. Well, I know you got to leave us here, but two things I want to touch on that, that just came out recently is uh, that terrific Scorpion save they're calling it from uh, Auntie Ronta has ended up now as a, a logo on his goalie equipment. I don't know if you saw that today, but he's got the uh, the Scorpion now on his uh, new Brian's goalie equipment. So that's kind of sharp. Your thoughts on the uh, on the Scorpion save itself? Yeah, I mean, I was at that game, and that was incredible. I mean, it it allowed <laughs> it allowed the Coyotes to take a point from that game. I mean, that Brandon Saab would have had a hat trick, and it would have allowed the – the Coyotes wouldn't have gotten a point out of that game. And in this, this time of year, uh, taking a phrase that uh, Anthony Stewart, former NHL player, and on, on Hockey Central every day always says, don't have, you know, don't ask how you got them. Just get them. Eat as many as you can, and ho- hopefully you got enough to, to get the golden ticket. So, um, you know, it's one of those where, you know, he stole that away, and that's what the Coyotes are going to need. They're going to need to steal a lot of points. And I think in these, you know, there's those winnable games. It's not like they're they're not like last year. They're not the underdog team that you know is fighting their way to the playoffs. It's, this is a team that they're still. I wouldn't say their Stanley Cup window is now. But this team is built to make the playoffs right now. And their playoff window's open and you know, you you gotta feed your fan base a little bit, right? Like there's there's been a lot of 
over the last eight years, a lot of, you know, uncertainty and, you know, is this team going to move? What's the future of this team? There's been a lot of people that have stuck around this team and I think would really appreciate uh, a trip to the playoffs or a return to the playoffs this season. So um, very, you know, I I like the touch for Ranta and, and, um, hopefully every time he's got to look down at his pad, maybe it'll motivate him to make one more in, in one of the bigger <laughs> games down the stretch. Entirely possible. Uh, I know you got to leave us, but I want to uh, jump in real quickly and talk a little bit of AHL hockey. I don't know if you saw the latest uh, trade day acquisition, Marcus. I'm going to try this. Hannah Kynan, uh that they got and sent down to uh, Tucson scored an on. Is that right? Am I close? Yeah, I think it is. I believe it is Hannah Kynan. Anyway, he scored a great goal Sunday night to give the uh, the Roadrunners uh, their second goal in a 3-2 win over Bakersfield. Between the legs job again, which we saw, uh, I saw William Carlson do up in Vegas last year or, or the year before. I can't remember which now. It's all kind of bleeding together. But a great between the legs goal. And, and uh, Marcus did the same thing for the Roadrunners. So, you know, when you look at the Roadrunners right now, 54 games played. They're leading their Pacific Division uh, by three points with a 33-18, one and two mark, 69 points over the Colorado Eagles, who have 66 points. But you know what? There's some great professional hockey being played in the desert southwest, and uh, that's going to lead us right into you know our, our guest that comes on. I know you're going to be gone when she comes on, but um, Lindsay Fry is going to join us. The I call her the first lady of hockey in Arizona because – she really, truly is the first lady of hockey. And just quickly, your thoughts on on bringing some really top-end professional women's hockey players right here to Oceanside Ice Arena this weekend for the uh, PWHPA Dream Gap Tour uh, at Oceanside this weekend. Oh, it's huge. I think if you would ask somebody, uh, you know, even the la- not the last Olympics, but the Olympics prior in 2014, what's the future of women's hockey? Are we going to see an explosion? I, I think you would have said no, right? And in the United States, when it comes to sports, this country pays attention when the team wins on a national level. I think that's why soccer has struggled to get out of the gates in the U.S. is because they haven't won a World Cup ever, and usually when they go, it hasn't been good. After 2014, I think there was some, uh, you know, almost – a little bit of, of apathy per se towards women's hockey, just due to the way kind of that those Olympics ended. And, uh, but in 2018, man, like three, four days leading up to the gold medal game. That's all I saw on Twitter Uh, from people that have never watched a hockey game, right? Like, you know, go USA. We hope these girls get it done. Like there's a, there's a real thirst for it. And I I mean, a real thirst in a, in a very positive way because people want, you know, uh, I follow some people who uh, are kind of in the Philadelphia hockey scene on Twitter and that place was packed. Like it was a a similar, like a community rink, you know, a good sized community rink. People are standing around the glass, you know, people are begging to get in. And I think that's good. I mean, you've seen the crowds that have turned up to places like the Honda center and the SAP center, you know, states that have, despite winning Stanley cups have had kind of the same reputation as as Arizona, right? Like, Oh, if they're not winning, nobody's interested. Right. People are very interested in women's hockey. And I think it's big. I mean, you look at the Kachinas, right? Like they've only been around for, you know, this will be their second full season, but man, like they've already surpassed some of the travel teams in the Valley and they haven't, you know, they're, they're the, the new kids on the block. So I think there's a, a real thirst for it or a real want for it. And that's going to be, that's going to be big. You know, you, you bring out the entire Kachinas program and say, hey, you, know, you keep pushing your dreams. This is what you can get to on, on an even bigger scale. It's, all it's going to do is just you know, make, the, make the heart want it more for you know, the women that are playing right now, the girls that are playing right now, and, and for those that want to support women's hockey. And, that, and that's the thing, to bring professional uh, women's hockey here. I don't know if you saw much of the uh, – the all-star skills where they played the three-on-three, which was really exciting from from the women's standpoint too. You really saw uh, the skill and speed that those uh, those women have, and uh, to bring some of those right here up close and personal at Oceanside, it's going to be a, an awful lot of fun for some really young girls. And of course, Lindsey Fry is the president of the uh, 
Arizona Kachina's Youth Girls Hockey Association, and she's very familiar with a lot of the players on the team. Um, so it's nice to have her influence and bring in some, some of those girls here. And, you know, they're playing the Dream Gap Tour, which is going to consist of some, some clinics, hour-long clinics each of the three days, and then exhibition games be- between these women. So the young girls are going to chance to see some real stars of the, uh, the game, both in North America, Europe, Canada, I mean, from all over. It's going to be pretty incredible, and, and to see them rate, up close and personal. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's exciting. And unfortunately, I can't make it. I have uh, some prior commitments, but um, I'm definitely going to stay tuned to the old Twitter feed from Ice Time Hockey Southwest. And um, you're very good at, at putting video on, on social media, so I know I'll get a good gist of the game just from watching <laughs> your feed. Oh, well, we also got our uh, great photographer, Zach Bondurant, heading over there to get some still shots as well. So we're looking forward to that. I know you got to run. I'm going to take a quick break, and then uh, and hopefully we'll have Lindsay back online with us here in a minute. But uh, just one final thing from you, because as we sit here and wait till the 22nd of March for the uh, Arizona State Sun Devil NCAA team, your thought on on their season? They finished it up 22, 11, and three. One more win than last year. They have a 98% probability of giving them at large bid for the uh, the NCAA tournament. So. Um, that's, uh, that's what we're looking for. I think Lindsay might be with us. So Seth, you have a great evening. Tell us a little bit about, uh, what happens next week and, and, and we'll go from there. All right. Thanks, Scott. Looking forward to next week. All right. Lindsay, are you there with us? Uh, I can see Lindsay's here. I can't quite see her on the, uh, on the board, but. Uh, Lindsay, I can see you there. I can't hear you. Can you hear me at all? I uh, do I have you, Lindsay? Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear right now. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, my co-host had to run. He had a prior commitment, so you, you're stuck with me again, but you're used to that, right? <laughs> all good i love it <laughs> all right well i wanted to have you on because there's another huge event in women's hockey coming to the valley this weekend the uh pwhpa uh dream gap tour and i know you have a huge hand in bringing these girls here not only that but you know a lot of them so tell us a little bit about the showcase and how how, how it all got uh put together Yeah, for sure. So for those of you who don't know what the PWHPA is, it's the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. And these are both Canadian and American Olympians, former Division I hockey players who are really fighting for a viable, sustainable professional hockey league. And so what they're doing is they're going around the country They're showcasing their talents in different cities. I'm doing some of these three-game showcases, sometimes just the one-game showcase. And it's called, this this whole tour is called the Dream Gap Tour. And the reason it's called the Dream Gap Tour is because the whole idea is they want little girls and little boys to be able to dream about playing professional hockey in the same way. And right now there's a gap in that dream between what boys can dream about with the NHL and what girls can dream about. And so we're extremely excited to bring them here. Uh, It all kind of came to be actually Matt Schott (laughs) with uh, the Arizona Coyotes, our, our director of amateur hockey. He said, you know, what do you think? Can we, can we make this happen? And I said, yeah, let's, let's give it a shot and hopefully the market's ready for it. So uh, we were able to pull the funds together. We're bringing them down to Oceanside. They're going to play a three-game series. Uh, they're going to do two games against each other, Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday, they're actually going to – half of them are going to play against the Arizona Coyotes alumni. Uh, Shane Doan's going to be out there for that, Taylor Pyatt, Ray Whitney, uh, McCulloch. It's going to be awesome. So um, we're, we're super excited. And I think one of the best things about being in Arizona is that when we announced that we were going to do this event in March, the way it works is the women basically are told about the events. There's about 150 women 
that make up the, the Players Association. And so when they were told about the events, we were able to get like the best of the best roster for the most part that we could get because they all want to get out of the cold and they all want to come <laughs> down to Arizona in March. So um, that's kind of how we got, you know, Kendall Coyne and Amanda Kessel and uh, Anne Renee Debienne and, you know, all the other big names that we have down here. We're going to have probably 15 to 20 Olympians down here next weekend. So we're, we're super excited about it. And, um, you know, we're, we're relying on the Arizona hockey fan base to rally behind it and support the women. And we're super excited and proud for it to be here. Well, in addition to their games, I also see that they're going to be doing some clinics too, which is really exciting for your young Kachina girls, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, we're really excited about that. We're going to get four or five of them out there on the ice with the girls. And, you know, this is it's just an opportunity that when I was growing up, I didn't have anything like this. So for right. us to be able to bring this down, um, for these kids to have this experience where they don't have to travel across the country to go see something like this, that I think is probably the most special thing and the most valuable thing that we're providing this weekend in addition to allowing these women to get some competitive games. Um, I think that's that's the other piece that people don't realize. When these women are out of college, this is right now, this is really what they have. And so um, they're itching, they're excited to play, they go hard, they treat these games like they are Olympic level games. And so the, comp the competition is going to be incredible. That's really neat. I also know there's uh, an Arizona native and Katie McGovern that's going to be a part of this as well. And, and, and she's a cup winner, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Uh, and so she's going to be playing and captaining one of the teams. And then we also have another Arizona native, McKenna Newkirk, who's going to be captaining the other team. So we're going to have two Arizona native women captaining both teams. Um, I'm going to be making an appearance on Sunday playing with the alumni. I don't, I don't quite go full speed these days. So I'm going to need, I'm going to need uh, Shane and Greg Adams to pull my weight for me out there. Uh, yeah, somehow I don't think that's going to be necessary, but uh, we're going to look forward to seeing you on the ice as well. So we're going to pass the word to everybody to get on out to Oceanside. Um, in case you're not familiar with Oceanside, that's also the home of the NCAA team uh, at Arizona State University. And I know you've kept an eye on them. Just your thoughts real quick, Lindsay, on, on that team going 22-11-3 and, and having a 98% probability of an at-large bid in their back-to-back I can't hardly say this without a little bit of a snicker, back-to-back -back NCAA tournaments. Yeah, I mean, Greg Powers is, is a good friend of mine, and um, he's mentored me a lot in, you know, both both business, coaching, hockey, all of it. And uh, to see the success they're having is just incredible. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the culture that he's created there. And um, ultimately, I think, you know, one of the most valuable things I've ever learned from Greg is that, your performance comes down to your habits and to see him coach and and I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> take anything away from him but like sometimes the simplicity of what he coaches but it's the consistency that's so 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 important and you're starting to see it and I think that's why you're seeing the success so early because he's just ingrained the habits of success with his players and with his staff and it's you know I'm just super proud of him and, and the entire program and ultimately what it's going to do for Arizona hockey. It's huge. Well, we all know that you were a Harvard alum, but you're also an ASU alum. So I know you got a little pride for the maroon and gold as well, but um, let's touch again a little bit on the, uh, the uh, PWHPA group and the showcase, because uh, that three on three event that they had as part of the all-star skills competition was just fantastic. And how much would you have loved to do that when you were playing division one hockey? Oh, I mean, any type of exposure is incredible. Um, I, I think for us, you know, we were we were lucky to have our games streamed online every once in a while. Um, so for them to have that type of national exposure, it's it's amazing. Um, obviously, you know, it would have been cool for for me personally to have that opportunity, but you know, it it doesn't matter. Just the fact that those women are out there and Kendall being in the skills competition last year and having so much success. That is ultimately something that the entire women's hockey community gets behind. And, and frankly, I think that's one of the coolest things about the PWHPA. You've got the American and the Canadian players. It's like the biggest, one of the biggest rivalries in modern sports. <laughs> 
And you've yes. got all these women who, when they're wearing the red, white, and blue, and the red and white, they hate each other. But for this and this cause, it's so much bigger than the rivalry. And to see them playing with each other and working together on both, you know, the business side as well as the hockey side, that to me is something that just makes me so incredibly proud to be a part of this community. All right. So let's uh, recap the weekend. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Oceanside Ice Arena. Uh, Costs involved in any of this? Yep. So uh, it's going to be $30 a game or you can buy the whole weekend and get a discount. Um, one of the biggest things that, you know, we've been talking to people about is a lot of people are like, oh man, I would go if it was $5. It's like, these women are fighting for a professional hockey league. How do you think, how do you think that that money, or how do you think those women are going to make the money ultimately? So, uh, you know, anyway, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox <laughs> <laughs> no i uh, yeah, think you so should stay on it if you like because i totally agree <laughs> with you i mean it, you, you gotta understand i mean anybody that's ever played the game of hockey knows the expense of playing hockey so uh, you know how do you expect these people to do it for free or next to free you know i mean this is big time talent coming to our backyard and i think it needs to uh i, I think oceanside should be sold out to, in my opinion for sure so um, we're hoping to see it, hoping to see the numbers grow. Uh, Friday night's game is at 7.30, Saturday's at 3 p.m., Sunday's at 12.30, and uh, you can get tickets by going to www.arizonacoyotes.com slash dreamgaptour. All right. I'm not going to let you go until I let you uh, speak a little bit about your full-time job, which is with the Arizona Coyotes. And Before you get into what you do, Let's talk just a quick minute or two about the, the, the Arizona Coyotes themselves and what you think this uh, playoff push will mean. I know you guys are uh, ha- passing around the hashtag Rally the Valley, but tell me a little bit about the Arizona Coyotes in 2020. I mean, honestly, it's been an exciting year, and I think we've always been kind of that, that underdog mentality, and we saw it last year. I mean, the energy we had – Last Scratching year, and clawing, right? Half, exactly. Second half of the season, uh, you know, Ronta goes down. Kemper plays out of his mind. We're, we're seeing almost the reverse this year. Uh, Ronta's kind of gotten his legs under him. People are rising up. I mean, the game, for having a really rough first period <laughs> the other night on Saturday, to now see, right. uh, to see, them, to see them rally after that, I mean, was awesome. So, um, we're excited. I think the guys are excited. They can taste it. They're hungry. And it's, you know, the Pacific's a tight division right now, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But we're, we're excited to be behind them. Well, you know, last April I said the uh, Pacific Division and specifically the Western Conference was going to have to go through uh, Glendale and Vegas in my estimation because the Desert Southwest is where it's at right now for hockey from the professional level through the NCAA level all the way down to the ACHA and the women's programs and, and, and the job that uh, ASU's women's team did this year, falling just a game short of uh, a national tournament bid. I mean, just so many good things going on. And like I always call you the first lady of Arizona hockey because, you know, five years ago I visited with you and, and you had a dream. And I got to believe that that dream is starting to fulfill itself. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, this being our first year of – full-blown launch of the Arizona Kachinos has been a whirlwind, um, but I think ultimately we often reflect back on those couple meetings five years ago when we said, hey, we want to do this, and realizing how far away we were from it, um, fast forward five years and all the patience and the the strategic timing of everything and the hard work and getting the right people involved, everything that's gone into this, um, we just had our, our 12U team they were in the AZYHL championship yesterday and just fell short by a couple goals with nine skaters on the bench because they had a number of double rostered players who weren't eligible to play. Oh, and no. they held their own and made it to the championship. I mean, that that's incredible. We've got a couple of other teams playing in their state championship this weekend. Our 8U team is plowing through playoffs over at Ice Dent Scottsdale. Um, we've got districts coming up that we're hosting here. It's just uh, to see the success in year one is amazing, and we're just so excited. We're going to make some tweaks and some adjustments to get better next season, but 
um, we're, we're itching to continue to grow and want to just continue to provide the best possible experience to these kids and their families as possible. You know, I don't know if I could have said it anywhere near as good as that, but I'm going to give you uh, just a final minute to shout out some of your coaches and certainly Matt Schott for the excellent job that he does. But you have a lot of great volunteer women's coaches and shout out to them just a little bit and, and uh, let them know how much they're loved and supported. Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, we couldn't have done this without our incredible board of directors. Um, you know, you've got Matt Schott, uh, Natalie Rossi, Vanessa Maines, Aaron Kane, Katie McGovern, Jennifer Triant, and then our, our awesome parent representatives. Uh, we've got Steph Streeter, Mike DeGrazia, Rachel Hodnio, and we just added uh, some marketing director uh, positions, and we've got Christina Kehoe, who's been phenomenal. And, um, you know, I've got about 30 coaches in the program, so I can't name all of them, but They've, they've all been amazing, and I think one of the most incredible things about this season has been just the passion that all of them have exemplified, and ultimately uh, their willingness to just give as much of themselves and as much value as possible to these girls to make their experience as, as amazing as it's been. And um, I, I give a special shout-out to uh, some of our development coaches. Uh, they've, they've definitely had some struggles. We've had a couple... 12 nothing losses and you still have girls on those teams who are so happy to be playing girls hockey because they've found friends and a community and mentorship and that ultimately is what we're trying to do well that's an awesome uh an awesome program you got going i know it's only going to get bigger and better as we go and thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to jump on with us here at the professional hockey southwest weekly just our second full uh, third full podcast uh, on the professional side but just for everybody knows out there we do a professional hockey southwest weekly on monday at 7 30 we do uh, ncaa our college hockey southwest weekly at 7 30 on tuesdays and if you want some acha coverage join us on wednesday night at 7 30 we're trying to keep it all covered but i can't keep up to you that's for sure <laughs> i don't know about that you do a pretty good job you're you're busy Lindsay Fry, thanks for joining us. Have a great evening, and we'll see you this weekend over at Oceanside Ice Arena. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. All right, folks. That's the uh, First Lady of Arizona Hockey, Lindsay Fry, joining us. Uh, great work that Lindsay does with not only the youth program, but uh, a great ambassador for the Arizona Coyotes as well. And it's no secret that, that Aaron Cohen, the uh, president and CEO, made a huge investment in, in Lindsay because he knew what he was getting. We've known about Lindsay for a long time now. We understand just how good she is with, with everything that she does. So kudos to her and, uh, and the job that she's done. Uh, you know, I can't tell you enough how we're looking forward to this weekend with the, uh, the women coming to town because if you watch Olympic hockey or watch some of the uh, professional hockey that was played last year, it's really, really good hockey, and these ladies know how to uh, play the game. They're very fast. They're very skilled. They move the puck. They shoot the puck. So if you want to see them up close and personal, I can only tell you about a million more times. It's time to get down to Oceanside. you got three chances. As you heard Lindsay say, Friday. Uh, they're going to be playing Friday night, I believe, 7.30, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon, and uh, 12.30 on Sunday afternoon. That Sunday game is going to feature uh, the, the best of the, the women taking on the uh, – the Arizona Coyotes alumni team, which will have uh, Mr. Hockey in Arizona, as we call him, Shane Doan, there as well. So we look forward to seeing all the action. We look forward to having you guys come on out there. Lindsay said you can get tickets at ArizonaCoyotes.com, or you can, I'm sure, get them at the door at Oceanside as well. Um, great way to come out and support the program, but not only that, but bring your youngsters out there, let them uh, get some up-close and personal experiences of some of the best women's hockey players, not only in the United States, but Canada as well. We're going to take a, another quick break here just for a second. We're going to come right back, and we're going to uh, wrap things up today. My co-host had to leave a little bit early, but I'm going to run down the Pacific Division and uh, let you know exactly where we stand as far as um, the playoff push. With 67 games played and an 82-game schedule, there's not many left, folks, and it's getting – Really exciting, especially in the Pacific Division. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come right back.
All right. We're back to wrap things up. Scott Strandy here live in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host Seth Askelson had to leave a bit early today. Big shout out and thank you to Lindsay Fry for coming on and talking about the uh, the big Dream Gap Tour, women's hockey coming to uh, Oceanside Ice Arena and Tempe as well. Um, told you I'd run down the Pacific Division for you again, folks. I think it's really important to listen. Uh, the Golden Knights uh, through 67 games are uh, posting an 80-point mark at 36-23-8 record. Um, they're on the end of an 8-2 and two run, right? So they... Uh, they got some home games, and they made hay, if you will, at home to uh, to make a move. They also made some moves at the trading deadline. They got uh, Alec Martinez from the Los Angeles Kings to stabilize the defensive core. They picked up Robin Leonard from uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, and he also has stabilized the goaltending along with Marc-Andre Fleury, who, of course, is already there. So when you add a top-notch goaltender like Leonard to a top-notch goaltender like I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back to wrap things up. Scott Strandy here live in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host Seth Askelson had to leave a bit early today. Big shout-out and thank you to Lindsay Fry for coming on and talking about the uh, the big Dream Gap Tour women's hockey coming to uh, Oceanside Ice Arena and Tempe as well. Um, told you I'd run down the Pacific Division for you again, folks. I think it's really important to listen. Uh, the Golden Knights... Uh, through 67 games are uh, posting an 80-point mark at 36-23-8 record. Um, they're on the end of an 8-2 and two run, right? So they uh, they got some home games, and they made hay, if you will, at home to, uh, to make a move. They also made some moves at the trading deadline. They got uh, Alec Martinez from the Los Angeles Kings to stabilize the defensive core. They picked up Robin Leonard from uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, and he also has stabilized the goaltending along with Marc-Andre Fleury, who, of course, is already there. So when you add a top-notch goaltender like Leonard to a top-notch goaltender like Fleury, it can only mean good things. Um, the Golden Knights will play about half the remaining games on the road. They'll play the other half uh, at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. So two big dates to mark if you're a professional hockey fan in the Desert Southwest, the 18th of March. The uh, Golden Knights will be right here in Glendale to face the Coyotes. And then about a week later on the 25th, the Coyotes will return the favor, go to T-Mobile to play the Golden Knights. Both of those games, folks, are going to be huge. Those are, you know, if you heard earlier in the program, Seth and I were talking about four-point games. Both of those are four-point games in, in our estimation. So, um, you know, you can't afford to lose any four-point games. Let's put it that way. And that's pretty much the way it is all the way through. Uh, as far as the Arizona Coyotes, they've also played 67 games. They have a 32-27-8 mark, good for 72 points. Um, they're right now, the last 10 games, is 5-4-1. So they have a little work to be done. That The, the Coyotes have been a, just a tad inconsistent, but I think now with uh, both their goaltenders back and healthy, um, Auntie Ranta and Darcy Kemper, you're going to see some, some really good things happening for the Coyotes down the stretch as well. 
a huge Western Canadian trip for both uh, the Coyotes and the Golden Knights this week. The uh, Coyotes are going to make their uh, way back onto the ice on Wednesday night in Vancouver, a late night start at 8.30 uh, Arizona time. Then they'll jump over on Friday to play the uh, Calgary Flames and move on from there to face the uh, Winnipeg Jets on Monday night, then return back to Glendale to get the uh, Vancouver Canucks right here. So four games that are going to make or break the uh, the season, if you will, I believe, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. The Golden Knights, in the meanwhile, are going to play tomorrow night against the Devils. They'll host them at uh, T-Mobile Arena. Then Friday night, they'll jump up to Winnipeg and kind of do the reverse order. They'll go Winnipeg, Calgary on Sunday, and the Oilers on Monday night. So lots of great hockey coming up in the desert southwest, whether you're in Vegas or Arizona. It's time to get out and watch some and support your team. Uh, I still truly believe that the West is going to run through Vegas and Glendale. And let's not forget about the AHL. We got the Tucson Roadrunners who are leading their uh, Pacific Division in the AHL. And really exciting news was uh, dropped on us in the last three weeks or so with the fact that the uh, Vegas Golden Knights will have a AHL franchise starting play next season. They'll play at the Orleans Arena up in Vegas for at least one year, maybe two, as they build their new arena in Henderson. We're still waiting for the official name to come out. We've heard some rumors about what it is, but um, we'll know shortly as far as the official name for that AHL franchise. And also, Palm Springs will get a franchise in another year. Uh, they will be the AHL affiliate of the new Seattle NHL franchise. So the Desert Southwest growing like crazy. Uh, professional hockey at its best in both the AHL and NHL, as you're seeing right now by the the records of all of our teams, and I would expect nothing less from from the new Vegas AHL franchise as well as the Palm Springs franchise. Good things happen when you have uh, good programs, and I think from the top right now, both uh, Vegas and Arizona have really good leadership in their, their NHL franchises, and that, of course, just bleeds down to the AHL franchises as well. Plus, we get to enjoy some uh, more hockey here in the desert southwest, so couldn't be more proud about that. Also want to remind you that tomorrow night we will have our NCAA version. Paul Hornstein and myself will, will host the show for an hour. We've got a special guest coming on from the Arizona State Sun Devils NCAA team, which right now is uh, waiting, folks. They're just waiting for their opportunity to find out if they get a bid in the uh, national tournament. It would be their second in a row of going to the national tournament as an independent, which is just something I don't know if that's been done. Uh, if it has, it's been an awful long time because last year it was 30 or 40 years in the making when Arizona State made it into the tournament. So they got a little time to wait. Selection Sunday for them is uh, 22nd of March. Uh, we'll keep you updated on all of that. And then, of course, Wednesday night, you get a chance to tune in with my co-host, Stephen Marsh, up in Vegas as we talk ACHA and our Club Hockey Southwest weekly podcast. So every week, you got Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, hop on with us at podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts and uh, sign up, visit the shows, send us some messages, let us know you're on board with us, and uh, listen to some of our great guests. we got just a number of great guests coming on uh, throughout the, uh, the season and throughout the year. So Non-stop hockey for you in the desert southwest as we wrap things up tonight. I do want to thank our sponsors. We have our, our sponsors at Sprint, where you get the best deals on the best network. The College Bar and Grill in its new location at 740 South Mill Avenue. Uh, one of our newest uh, corporate partners, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. New name, but same award-winning taste. Our friends over at OxyPal, the natural way to clean and deodorize. And, of course, up in Vegas, we have uh, the best barbecue in uh, anywhere I've found, Jesse Ray's Barbecue. It's a people's choice, award-winning taste, and more at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. And, of course, our friends at M-Drive. It's really all about the energy, stamina, and recovery. M-Drive has it for you, also sponsors of our What Drives You. So if you haven't had a chance to uh, get to our website at icetimehockeysw.com, get there, check out the new uh, – M-Drive, what drives you feature. Uh, of course, the Ice Den Scottsdale and Chandler, which is the practice home of the Arizona Coyotes in Scottsdale and their Chandler location as well. 
and our friends at Behind the Mask, where they take care of all your Valley hockey needs, serving the community for over 25 years. And, of course, Oceanside Ice Arena, the home of uh, not only your Arizona State NCAA Sun Devils, but the ACHA program at Arizona State, as well as uh, this weekend, professional women's hockey right there at Oceanside Ice Arena. So for my co-host, uh, Seth Askelson, and our special guest, Lindsay Fry, this is Scott Strandy saying good night. Have a great week and participate and watch as much hockey as you can. Join us again next week or any of our shows tomorrow and Wednesday. The uh, college, or Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com family. And that's it from Arizona tonight.